Hello and welcome everyone. It is way too early on a Friday somewhere. Welcome back. It's Paul and I, and we're talking sports. I'm Jason. That's Pauly. How's it going, guys? Uh, hope you're enjoying the start of summer, the very hot summer we're having so far. And I agree it is way too early to be doing this, but we are professionals here, and we're going to pound this out. So, All right, Wally. What did we watch this week? We have uh, the Brewer, uh, Brewers update for you. Uh, since the last time we've talked, the Brewers have had a uh, strange road. They went on a eight-game losing streak and lost 10 out of 11. Their offense disappeared. Uh, not good. Got back in. Got back into the winning column. Swept the Reds over last weekend, and they just finished up a huge series against the Cardinals. Four games at home. Uh, they managed a split of that one. First game, Corbin Burns had seven scoreless innings, two hits, ten uh, Ks. They lose the next two, get blown out 7 nothing, and then lose a close one. And then yesterday afternoon, they win 6-4. to four. Uh, They've went into the series tied for the division with the Cardinals. They come out tied with the division lead. I mean, obviously you would like to get three of those but getting two staying tied still a long season but we're getting close to the halfway point and that was a very important series we had to get a split and we did and so the uh i think their next series isn't until august i believe so, again, a big series for the Brewers. Come out with a split. Tied with the Cardinals. Uh, Going to be a two-team two race down the stretch. And away we go. Yeah, Brewers doing Brewers stuff. It's midseason baseball. Call me when something happens. <laughs> And yeah, again, that was it. It was a big series. They had they had to get at least a split there, because again, the head to head is more important than anything. And they got the split. Well, in the Brewers, NL Central is trash. Let's face it. It it is, and that's why that again, that's why that series was so important because. You know the Cardinals are going to be there till the end because it's the Cardinals and they're the Cardinals. And all right, so that's your that's your Brewers update. We have a uh, Stanley Cup update. The Avs won the first two games five to four in overtime. The first game and then absolutely smashed the Lightning seven nothing in the second. The Lightning get home, uh, get us 
uh, very convincing six to two win. The Avs win again, game five, game four, five to four in overtime. And I thought that was a must win for the Lightning because I cannot see the Avs going back to Colorado and winning or losing game five. I just don't see it. I think the Lightning's run after two in a row is over. I think I think it's going to be really tough for the Lightning to go into Colorado and win. I don't know if you think differently, but I think this series is over tomorrow. Well, tonight, I mean, actually. if there's a team that could do it, it's probably the Lightning. I mean, there's consistent as strong a hockey franchise as there's been these last few years. But, I mean, they're down 3-1. <laughs> Colorado's... Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't look like the Lightning are going to win again this series. It re- just really doesn't. Yeah, I I mean, to, to your point, they are the two-time defending champions. It is hockey. The puck can bounce weird ways, but I, I think it ends tonight. I think the Avs are going to take it at home. And yeah, yeah. they're gonna win their first title since two thousand two. I, I I just I I don't see the Avs losing tonight mm. on their home ice in front of that crowd. If it happens, good for Tampa Bay, but I think this series is over tonight. Agreed. All right, uh, we got. A couple football notes for you. Um, Rob Gronkowski, the longtime uh, tight end for Tom Brady, will say. I don't even want to say New England or Tampa Bay. He was Tom Brady's tight end. Uh, 15 career playoff touchdowns, tied sec- or second all-time to Jerry Rice's 22 Five-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. Retired in 2008, Tom Brady talked him out of retirement when he went to Tampa Bay, won another Super Bowl, 92 total tight ends. The numbers speak for themselves. I think I think this is a short-term retirement. I think he's going to – I think Tom Brady's going to call him mid-season – He's going to answer the phone and come back. But if it, this is finally the end, he had a great career. He's going to go do whatever Gronkowski wants to do after playing football. Your thoughts on an all-time great? Yeah, I mean, the dude was a goal line machine, red zone, touchdown catching machine, like, He's the Gronk, right? Like, what else do you say about that guy? He was a uh, uh, a man born two millennia too late. He should have been a, like a or two millennia, like ten millennia too late. Like he should have been like a caveman, like crushing rocks and fighting mammoths with his bare hands. But no, he he was born in our time, so he became an NFL tight end. 
<laughs> I mean, you can say whatever you want about Gronk. He's just Gronk. There's, and as far as just football goes, I mean, he was never like the best tight end, right? But he was always like the biggest red zone threat in the NFL. I mean, not to say he couldn't play the NFL, play the position properly, but it was just uh, <laughs> what a guy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I there, there's not a whole lot to say about it. I mean, I to to your point about him just he was born to smash rocks and do gronk things mm-hmm. i mean uh one one more football note before we move on um rest in peace to sarah our tony saragusa uh jaguars offensive lineman if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I he I think he did play for Jacksonville, but predominantly he was uh, in Indianapolis on the Colts, and he was in Baltimore on the Ravens. That's right. Okay. And he was part of that uh, that wicked, wicked Baltimore defense in the early 2000s. Uh, yes. Plugging up the middle for guys like Ray Lewis to go tear people's heads off. Yep. That. Yeah, that defense was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, personal story for a second. I actually got to talk to Tony Saragusa for about 30, 45 seconds at a Packer game I went to my uncle with. It was the opening game of the 2007 season against the Eagles. It was also Mason Crosby's first NFL game kicked a 53 game 53 yard game winner at the end and I was sitting pretty close and we stayed for a second as the stadium walked up and uh Saragusa came up to the sideline and we we had walked down uh to the uh front row and came up to us and introduced himself and we introduced uh, ourselves and like I said we had maybe 45 seconds but I had a conversation with Saragusa and it was awesome yeah that's cool Um, I never met the guy or have any cool stories like that but I would say that one of the best pieces of smack talk I've ever heard in my entire life was from Brett Favre to Tony Siragusa. I guess the goose took down Brett Favre on a sack or gave him a, gave him a wicked hit and Favre stands up and looks at him and says, Hey, how you fit all that face in that helmet? And that's just to me, if, cause if you know what Tony Siragusa looks like, it looks like he's like stuffing a giant face into a tiny little helmet. So it was just the greatest, like one of the greatest uh, pieces of smack talk I've ever heard. I, I do remember that line and yeah, I had long forgotten that one, but <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
like how yeah. do you not laugh when a guy says that to you like oh man yeah. and again brett brett Favre known for i mean he he's we we think of NBA players as as trash talkers, but Brett Favre could hold his own with the best of them, mm. and that that is a good one. Um, any other football notes that we should be? Uh, yeah, there's one. I guess uh, usually now usually if you listen to this show, you know that to me college football just emotes a big giant shrug out of me, but. Arch Manning, <laughs> Cooper. Uh, I, I I was wondering if you were. Yeah, bring this one Eli out. and uh, Peyton Manning's nephew Arch uh, just committed to Texas. Now, if this kid had committed to like Alabama or Clemson or something real obvious, uh, I wouldn't even be bringing this up. But we've talked on this show about Texas University and the Big Twelve and how they are in deep, deep, deep doo-doo with uh, the SEC and the Big Ten and all them, you know, gaining power and the Big 12 seemingly losing power. <laughs> I mean, Texas just bagged the biggest, probably the biggest college football or high school football recruit in the last 20 years, you know, <laughs> basically since Peyton Manning. So, the I mean, you got to say Texas is back, right? And if Texas is back, I think that means the Big 12's back. What do well, you think? I, I I agree. I think it's a huge get by Texas. But we have to remember, Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC in oh, yeah. two, two years. Oh, I forgot so, about that. Part, part of your argument goes away there, but I, I forgot agree. all it's, about that. They were going to move. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. It is a massive get by Texas to sign Arch Manning. And I agree with you. He's the most hyped prospect We may, may have ever seen. I mean, we've been talking about this guy or not me and you, uh, specifically, but there's been talk about this guy since since Cooper six, had a baby. Years ago, since yeah. he was born, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's a massive get for Texas, and we'll see. I, I don't, I don't want to say anything negative, but. It is going to be really funny if this guy doesn't live up to the hype. And it's going to be hard for him to live up to the hype just because it is so massive. But if he flops, I don't think he's going to. But if he does, it's going to be really comical in a way. I'm sorry to say that, but. Yeah. I. Yeah, if he doesn't work out. Woo-wee. That's going to be a rough deal, but not just because, not because, not even just because, but not because he's, it wouldn't be a big deal because he's a Manning. It would be a big deal because he's the biggest, most highly recruited player we've ever seen. And then if he comes out of that and just like, well, <laughs> eesh, 
But to may to defend <laughs> to defend my original point, Texas doesn't actually join the SEC till 2025. So Arch shall have two years at Texas in the Big 12. Well, and to to your to your broader point there, I think it. The, I, I think it'll help when, because I believe the Big 12, the uh, their new television deal doesn't go in, isn't going to go into effect till 2024, 2025. Um, and e- even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, that might the hype around Arch Manning might help the Big 12 in a sense. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're going to get their national games, right? I mean, you're not going to deny Arch Manning national <laughs> national games just because he went to the Big 12. Like, ESPN's going to figure that shit out. Yeah, a- absolutely. It, they don't leave money on the table. You, we know this. We know this. Yes. All right. Um, anything else to no, add before that, we get to the big <laughs> show? No, that's all I had on the NFL. All right. Uh, you want to introduce us to the big show? You Jason. must mean the NBA Finals review and draft review. That would be the one. There it is. All right. So quick recap i know this happened a week ago but uh the warriors won the finals in six games they took the last three boston was up two to one the warriors took game four curry had a very off night in game five but Andrew Wiggins and the rest of the cast picked him up. And then game six, another, I don't want to say historic like game four was, but another phenomenal night from Curry. The Warriors just too much for Boston. Uh, Do you want to start us off with any overall thoughts about the series here? Only that it, Kind of, I mean, more or less went the way I thought. I, I didn't really get any surprises out of this except for maybe, maybe that, yeah, that game five clunker from Steph that didn't matter. <laughs> that was like, for me, like the one aberration. I will say uh, Boston was able to disrupt uh, Golden State. They were able to disrupt their their Golden State's offense much more effectively early on in the series than I expected. I, I mean, I knew, I know, we all know Boston's defense and all that, but with the Warriors, they're just, you know, being a machine. I just kind of expected them to come out of that that Dallas series just ready to just roll, you know, ready to just keep rolling. But credit to Boston, they were able to you know, <laughs> make a little speed trap for them. The Golden State still wins in the end, but yeah, Boston really, I was surprised how much, how much they were able to do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I'm, 
I mean, like you said, I think we we all knew Boston's defense is what it is. I think the big thing, Boston side, I'll get to the Warriors in a minute here, but Jason Tatum did not have a good series. And if you're Boston, I know there's been talk in the previous couple of years about do uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, can they play together? I think they proved that they can. They obviously got to game six of the finals, but Jason Tatum did not have a good series. And I don't know if you can ask him to be your alpha on a championship team. I, I What do you think? I think he's a kid, you know. I think he's got a lot to learn yet. He and Brown both do. And going forward, I mean, as long as they're able to apply this experience, you know, a lot of people get to the get to the big stage and then they kind of they get the yips or whatever. You know, I don't know. I can't tell you what happened to Jason Tatum. It wasn't anything obvious. It wasn't like the Warriors like did some wicked, crazy defensive game plan to shut him down. They just did the same thing they always do. And it worked. I I think that Jason Tatum's young. He has a lot to learn. And this experience going forward will help him in the future. I, I don't think that you need to blow up their roster. I don't think we need to trade. We need to talk about trading Jalen Brown on, you know, when we talk about this the Celtics and all these things. Like they, they have a good nucleus. They need to keep their team together and keep this up. Because I mean Honestly, look at the second half of the regular season last year for them. They were amazing. If they can just keep doing that, though, they're going to be a perennial contender for like a handful of years at least. So, no, I, I think Jason Tatum's fine. I I tend to agree. I I I like their nucleus. I again, they ran into a buzzsaw. I championship team that had been down a couple years found their footing again and took a swing and they connected but I, I do I don't know they need I to me I think Boston needs another piece I don't know what it is I think I, I think with uh Williams they have their inside guy i don't know if it's a ball handler not necessarily another scorer but someone to bring the ball up the court i think is what they need and again they have marcus smart i don't know i to me there's just something missing there i think they they have the nucleus they have a the pieces there's something missing that i don't know what it is do you do you, do you understand yeah i think i mean they could probably use a, a like a more prototypical 
stronger point guard. I I say that pretty almost every team in the NBA could use one of those. Uh, but I mean, I think what we were seeing was just, um, <laughs> to be quite honest, I think what we were seeing was Boston just a little bit out of their depth, you know, like they performed so well and they got all the way to the end. And then it was the war. Like if it had been against the Mavericks, with I think like Boston equal, wins that series. Boston probably does win that series, honestly. But they ran into the Warriors, who were like outside of Phoenix, the one team they could have ran into in the West in the finals that would have out-experienced them. You know. Well, and that's a that's a, that's a key point there. Boston, I mean, yes, they made their first finals. But they've been in what four of the last seven Eastern Conference Finals, something like that. It's not like this team does not have experience. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like if they run into Phoenix or or the Warriors. Yeah, you know the Warriors win all the time. Phoenix was just in the finals last year. But like outside of that, there wasn't a lot in the West that they were going to run into that they hadn't seen before. Warriors, you know, went out there and been like, no, guys, this is how it goes in the finals. And it was just kind of <laughs> like Boston was exposed to something outside of their breadth of experience. And they're a young team. And <laughs> young teams generally don't adapt very well when it comes to, uh, you know, exposure to the unknown that's generally a veteran veteran savvy kind of thing which is why horford looked so good in a couple of those games grant williams had a couple of good games even but you know tatum was one good game and a loss i think and then crickets it just he's young He, he just doesn't know he doesn't he never experienced that that six, that final drive gear, you know, that the Warriors, you know, shifted into in the third game or fourth game. Yeah. I mean, I can't really dispute any of that. I mean, I, but Boston's going to be there long-term. Um, they'll nibble around the edges on their team. Like every NBA team does even, the Warriors have some tough choices this year, and I, I think they're going to be right in the mix. I think the the Heat, the Bucks, the Celtics are don't, not going anywhere. Right. I was going to say, don't say the Nets. I I was not going to say the Nets because we we're going to touch on that briefly. <laughs> um. What is going on with Kyrie? I don't he, know, he man. Announced, he announced yesterday a list of teams that he would like to see a sign and trade to. He's got a $36 million option that, he, it, to me, it does not sound like he's going to opt into. And I I don't know what's going on there. You, you got anything? Because I don't. No, man. Like... What do you do with a guy like that? You know, oh, yeah, you're the most prolific ball handler we might have seen in the last 20 years. And 
you can score 40 on a given night. That's great for a point guard, but your, your persona is a basket case and we don't know what to do with that. <laughs> like, why would any of these teams on that list want him? And I, ironically, the one on paper, I guess, that makes the most sense is a straight swap of Kyrie and Westbrook. But then you're reuniting Durant and Westbrook. And the Nets and don't Kyrie want and, Westbrook. Well, nobody, Brad, nobody wants Westbrook. No, no, I agree. But in order for the money to work in this, that's what's going to happen if he... God. I, I mean, the whole thing is comical. Dude, he, he the <laughs> the Sixers should trade Harden back to the Nets for Kyrie. <laughs> oh my God, how funny would that be? <laughs> oh my God, I would probably have to just not watch the NBA for a little while if that happened. That would just be like, okay, I don't, I this is too insane. Nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that would be something. Oh, how wonderful. Oh. All right, enough. Yeah. Enough okay. okay. All right. Let's let's get to uh the legacy of this Warriors team. Again, won three titles, two with Durant. You can say what you want. They were down for two years. Their their core stays together. Come back. They win another title. I think this... A... Okay, we'll start here. Magic, would you put Curry above Isaiah? Please don't say you're going to put him against... or above Magic, would you have him above Isaiah Thomas? Hmm. I mean, hmm. Yeah. I always found Isaiah Thomas to be a very boring player myself. I, I. He's great. Don't get me wrong. He's just as good as everybody says he is, but he's really boring. So I, I just, yeah. I mean. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, you have to, right? Like, Curry's the most prolific shooter in the history of the NBA. Like, that's not nothing. And maybe he's not a traditional point guard. He's not necessarily dribbling circles around anybody. But dude's got handles. He can make it. He makes it work, you know. Yeah, I... I te- and again, I I didn't watch Magic and Isaiah and Oscar even uh, Stockton, whoever you want to put in that point guard list. But to me, I I have so much fun watching uh, Stephen Curry play. the The shot against Oklahoma City right before. 
or at the end of the third quarter, I think it was. If you remember what I'm talking about, that no. shot up from 40 feet. And he was basically just over the half court line, pulled up. It was a national televised game. It was just, it, it was the peak of Curry and what he could do on a basketball court. And mm. it was incredible. But I, no, no one is going to touch magic, magic in the point guard realm. I, I think you have to consider him top 10 player of all time at this point. And I, I know the list is tough to crack, but he's, he's in that 10 to 15 range at this point. I mean, you, you can make the argument, right? Like I just, my big thing is everybody says top 10, that's that's what I've been hearing on these on these sports talks is Seth Curry's got to be top ten now top ten top ten top ten and I'm like I don't know man I I feel like I not that I did it or that I'm going to do it right now but I feel like I could probably come up with ten dudes who I would comfortably say are better basketball players than than Steph Curry. Well, and that that's the thing about cracking this top 10 list is these are all time greats that you have to crack to get in front of. And that's why I said 10 to to 10 to 15 range is what I am more comfortable personally putting him in because once you get to that upper, upper, upper echelon, you're basically picking nits at that point. So mm-hmm. that that's how I feel about it. I, I would put him in that range. I don't know what the order would be, but he's in that he's in the he's in the club now, shall we say. Yeah, I mean the dude's got championships, you know, plural. Yeah, he's in the conversation. I, I, uh, while I might personally find it difficult to put him in the quote top ten, I don't know that I could argue very well that he's not. If somebody wanted to put him in there, like you said, we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, and then um, this this Warriors team. So, uh, Bill, Bill Simmons and uh, Ryan Rosillo on their latest podcast they did, um, I think Rosillo said he has the, the 60s Celtics, the 80s Lakers, and then the 90s Bulls as the three true NBA dynasties. And then if you want to throw in the 80s Celtics, um, the the Spurs, this Warriors team, um, other examples can go can go in that next tier, I think they 
is how they framed it. And I thought that was a good point because I, I don't consider this Warriors team a true dynasty. Yes, they have four of eight, but I think those three that I mentioned are the true dynasties the NBA has had. And then you've had runs like obviously this this the Spurs team that I loved and respected so much. They had five titles in 20 years, but they were so consistent. This Warriors team, you had the their breakthrough season, their 73 uh win season that they lost in seven of the Cavs. They get Durant. They come back for two more. Durant leaves. They have two down years, and then they're back on the mountain. And I I don't pers- – personally, I think this is just the beginning of their second act. I, I don't know how you feel, but I think, I think the core has at least a couple more years. They have some really nice young talent they've got in the lottery. I don't – I, I think this might be the start of a second act for them. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. I see no reason to think that they're not going to continue to be successful. Warriors back on the top of the mountain. Um, move to the NBA draft here now that happened last night. Uh, not a whole lot of surprises. Uh, your uh, Dookie uh, Paolo went number one, a little bit of a sh- uh, surprise. A lot of people thought Jabari Smith from Auburn was going to go number one, but uh, he goes three to the, three to the Rockets. Uh, the Thunder get Chet Holmgren. Keegan Murray goes to the Kings. Uh, Jaden Ivory to uh, Purdue. That's the top five. And then after that, the one that stood out to me was Wendell Moore going to Dallas. I really like that pick for them. Yeah, me too. Wendell Moore is going to be a – like, he's not going to come out here. I don't think he's going to, you know, go out there and be R.J. Barrett or anything. But he's going to he's he's going to be one of those dudes who has a long, solid NBA career. That's what I think. He's going to be like El Horford type. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't. I, I mean, he's not going to be the, the superstar, but he's going to help your team for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Davis, uh, my hometown boy, went to uh, the Wizards. Um, so he gets to play with. Uh, Bradley Beal for a little bit at least. We'll see what happens with Bradley Beal, but um, and then the other one that stood out was uh, another uh, Patrick Baldwin went to Milwaukee or played at Milwaukee um, got drafted by Golden State, the team we had just been talking about. Uh, I think that's a really nice fit. Because, again, he doesn't have to do everything right away. He can sit and learn from a championship team. Um, anything else that stood out to you 
in the first in the first round, I guess. It's not really. I mean, the the NBA draft is always kind of like this. Oh, this guy's gonna go first. Oh, he went third. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. The picking Banchero first was a little surprising, but I mean, it's not like he wasn't worthy of the first pick or anything. And so, I, the again, shrug emojis. Love me my shrug emojis. Yeah, I mean, it it is. It's it's the NBA draft. I mean, I, again, we have. It's three years until we're really gonna find out long term anything about these guys. So, I mean, the the top three, uh, Jaden Ivory going to uh, Detroit. I know Jalen Rose on the broadcast last night was over the moon about that pick, so he's very excited about that one. But again, these are young guys. Congratulations to all of them for uh, realizing their dream, and we shall see again. The drafts, any 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 draft, it's a crapshoot. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, anything NBA related overall that we're missing? I know yeah. this is our big this is our big conversation. Uh, year-end review, looking forward. Uh, anything we're missing here, Jason? Uh, I think we can stick a fork in this one, Molly. I think uh, the NBA 2021-22 season can be put to rest. All right. Let's put it to bed then. Um, what we're watching this week, uh, the Brewers have a big uh, interleg series against the Blue Jays. Uh, that should be a fun one. And then uh, we have Wimbledon starting on Monday. And I don't know if Federer has committed to it yet. I don't think he has. I unless I'm wrong on that. Unless I've You've heard anything about that? I have not heard anything on that uh, on that front. All right. Um, so uh, Wimbledon is coming up, and then it's going to be a lot of baseball, guys, because we're getting to, into the thick of the summer, and it is baseball season, so... Enjoy your baseball for a little bit. Uh, obviously, there's stuff that comes up, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's into the summer, and uh, that's what it is. So, yeah, it's yeah, that's it's baseball season, and we can all kind of, at least me personally, this is when I usually take a little. We'll be like ah, a little breather from the old sports ticker. Take in some Wimbledon because it's like right in right in that. But yeah, I'm yeah. looking over this uh, just as a side. I'm looking over this uh, Wimbledon draw. I'm not seeing Federer on there. Okay. 
So, yeah, like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, this might be it for the the old boys. So. Well, and it was a good run, too. Jeez, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, 20 years, you can't really argue. So. Yeah. But, yeah, um, that's all I've got for you guys. Jason, you got anything else for us before we sign off? No, I think that's uh, that's a good good way to seal the envelope on the NBA season and get ourselves into the dog days of summer. All right. Um, yeah, stay cool out there. It's going to be another hot day, it sounds like. So um, until we talk again, uh, have fun, everyone, and enjoy the summer. Yes. Have a good night, everybody. Stay hydrated. We love you. Good night, guys.